Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is your captain speaking. Welcome on board. We hope you will enjoy Family Traveler's Suitcase Diaries. Please fasten your seatbelts and enjoy this journey, which will take you to destinations all around the world. Stuck in England on a rainy November day. Take me back home to the land where the bearbabs grow. Welcome back to another episode of the Suitcase Diaries. Um, this time we are focusing on skiing and snow holidays. Want to know where to get a look and feel of an Austrian mountain village for a fraction of the price? Nicola from Global Mouse has all the details of the up and coming and by far the cheapest ski destination in Europe, Kranska Gora in Slovenia. Joe from Poland and Pirate will guide us through all the layers of the ski clothes and talk about how to dress the small ones for the slopes. And finally, how about bringing your skis close to the Arctic Circle where you can mix skiing with natural saunas, reindeer sledging, northern lights. Activities abroad tell us all about it. Stuck in England on a just so reasonable in terms of prices compared to a lot of the European resorts. So that really helped as a family of five as well. Um, look on secondhand sites, buy and sell. It's, you know, these things should, they are made to be worn by far more than one or two children. They're made to last. So yeah, that, that's um, one, of, one of our top tips really. Tell your kids what they'll be wearing, show them how everything works, how it zips together, how the Velcro works and make a clothes train with their first layer nearest to them and their outer layer furthest away from them. They've learned to ski there, they've learned to cross-country ski there, we've been snowmobiling, dog sledding, snowshoeing, ice fishing, uh, we've seen the Northern Lights on countless occasions, they're very lucky children. Welcome, Nicola. You run you. Global Mouse, which is a travel blog, which has been voted uh, number one. Thank Family you. of five with uh, children between the age of five and ten. What I like about your blog is that you describe yourself that you don't like being tourists and love to search for the unusual. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. We're always looking for something a bit different. Um, trying to get off the tourist track a little bit. We do do the usual stuff as well, but it's always nice to find those little things that are a little bit different. 
Definitely. And that's why I thought you'd be perfect to have as a guest in this episode to talk about again an unusual ski resort here in Europe. So you yes. went to Slovenia. Tell me more about it. We did. We went to a little ski town called Kranska Gora um, with Crystal Ski and it was just amazing. We absolutely loved it. It's um, really close to the Austrian border and just so reasonable in terms of prices compared to a lot of the European resorts. So that really helped as a family of five as well. But the people are so friendly. We just found that there's a real warmth to the Slovenians that you don't always get in some of the other Alp resorts. Just really kind and taking their time with the children, just very understanding. And it seemed to be the perfect place for sort of beginner and intermediate skiers, which as a family we all are, um, to start building on the skiing that the children had done. We went last year to Norway. So this was our second real trip as a family skiing. And looking at your blog and, and your Instagram account, yeah. it looked very much almost like a traditional Alp village. Um, yes. Which was interesting to see because I guess many people can't even picture Slovenia as a ski resort. Yes, I mean, it's quite Austrian in look, I'd say. Um, lots of wooden lodges and really cool, quirky church in the middle with a, it looks almost fairy tale like with its spire or slightly crooked in the Slovenian and I guess slightly Austrian way. Um, the thing that I really liked about Kranska Gora is that it's a traditional town or village. It's not just set up for skiers, it's actually a real place with real people. It's a real community, if you like, and that really comes across and I think really adds to the charm of it. I guess many people wonder about them speaking English and so what's the ski school like, for example, and, and did you feel that hmm. your children could be understood everywhere? Definitely. Um, English was spoken everywhere. The ski instructors were absolutely wonderful. Um, there were a number of different nationalities in, in the ski school to start with, although that changed to just British for the last couple of days. And actually, I thought it was really nice that there were different nationalities. It was really nice for the children to have that kind of international feel to the ski school. And the ski instructors were just brilliant at talking. They would um, translate everything for the nationalities they had there. But their English was wonderful. Um, we, we did, as well as the ski lessons, because my children were just loving the skiing so much. We also did some private lessons with our ski instructor who... He, I just think his manner was just so perfect for them. He just pitched it perfectly with that sort of gentle encouragement, but also really kind of willing them on, which they just responded to perfectly. To answer your question, the English was perfect. I remember my older son went to ski school in, in Italy a few years yeah. ago, and he came back and he said, we spoke Italian today, mummy. And I said, what did you learn? Go, go, go. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I love but it. But it's right where you said it's so nice when they pick up, you know, different cultures and, and hang out with children from different nationalities. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. So what about off the slopes? Do you have any particular yeah. tips of what to do when you're not skiing? What's happening in mm. Slovenia off the slopes? Well, we went sledging. There was an ice skating rink that we didn't get to, um, but that looked really good fun. We went uh, swimming every single day, uh, which was brilliant because sometimes I feel like, I, like many children, my children are really into their tablets and computer games. But over there, they were just so active. So we were on the slopes every morning, every afternoon they went swimming, and then we'd find other activities to do. We also took a day trip into Ljubljana which was brilliant to go and see the capital city and just really loved that city it was so 
beautiful and quiet and fun. So we had we felt like we had a little bit of a city break within the trip. And was Ljubljana that you flew into, or which which airport is the closest mm. to the ski resort? It is closest to Ljubljana, but we flew into Salzburg because we flew with Crystal Ski. So some people were going off to the Austrian ski um, resorts and there were just a few of us going to Slovenia. So we all flew into Salzburg and then went off on our different ways from there. And how long is the trip from Salzburg to uh, Grand Sangora? It's about two hours, but the location, the scenery as you drive from Salzburg to Kranzkogora is just beautiful there's castles up on the sort of craggy mountains and just beautiful sights everywhere all of the trees and the snow so the kids were quite entertained just looking out at it all which was quite good brilliant it sounds like a jigsaw puzzle scene yeah definitely it really <laughs> was it was breathtaking okay oh, thank you so much for joining us Nicola and for um, no worries for, for introducing us to this as you said in your blogs is something completely unusual and, and very different so would, would love to try it myself one day Oh, thank you. I hope you get to. And thanks so much for having me. Stuck in England on a rainy November day. With me on the phone, I've got Jo Nielsen, who co-founded the UK arm of the fashion brand Poland Period with her husband, Mats, just over 10 years ago. You also have two sons and know everything about how to dress the little ones on the slope. Joe, talk me through what your tips are regarding skiing, because I know that sometimes some people ski in minus 20, like I did when yeah. I was a child in Scandinavia, yeah. and, and, and in the Alps it can be almost t-shirt weather sometimes. So talk me through your best tips. Of, Absolutely, of, of yeah. Best. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you can plan to a degree, um, but of course, if you're finding yourself, you know, far away from home and you haven't quite got everything that you suddenly need, then it can be um, very difficult. But I um, would definitely um, recommend the layering system for everybody, not just the kids, um, where you, we look at base layers, middle layers, and then um, waterproof and snowproof outer layers. No matter where you're going, you should always have those three layers with you. Uh, you can take one layer off if it gets Absolutely. too hot or, or add one Absolutely. layer if it gets too hot. So we've, we've skied in the Alps in March and um, when my kids were six and eight, um, they actually ski just in fleece jackets and, and a merino wool base layer and shell trousers. So there was no padding, padded garment uh, whatsoever required. Um, but it all, it just depends on where you're going, when you're going, and what the activity level of your child is. So if you've got an eight-year-old that's nailing red runs, he's going to be getting hot, um, or she's going to be getting hot, um, certainly, you know, by their second run. So they, they may require something more like a shell and fleece combination, together with a good merino wool whereas if you've got a, a three-year-old who's in nursery and playing in the snow and sitting down a lot they're going to need a, a much warmer solution mm, right. uh, maybe yeah maybe two middle layers and a, a, a very thick padded overall it can be so expensive dressing all your little ones when you go away on a holiday so talk me through cost saving tips if you've got yeah sure i mean first and foremost um you know it's important to buy a good quality um, ski gear, certainly the outerwear for children. You know, they, you can't afford to be at the top of a mountain and for something to rip or to give way. Um, you know, that just ruins everybody's day. But we um, at Polano Pirate, we make very durable garments that can be handed down. One of my top tips is to always buy unisex colours mm. so that um, that handing down is much easier. 
Um, look on secondhand sites, buy and sell. It's, you know, these things should, they are made to be worn by far more than one or two children. They're made to last. So yeah, that, that's um, one, of, one of our top tips, really. And when you look at all accessories and everything that's tempted to buy when you, when you um, look to go away, is there anything that you think, you know, these accessories you don't have to have? Yeah, it's always, yeah, it's tricky because obviously if you were guaranteed sunny weather and um, only uh, temperatures just above freezing, um, you could leave lots at home. But um, number one, um, if you're good at and, and quite regimented about drying your clothing as soon as you get in, hanging everything up ready for the next day, you can get away with, you know, one set of merino layers and maybe two pairs of, of ski socks. You don't need to take thermal underwear for you know, every day of the week. Um, another one would be leave the bobble hats at home because kids will be wearing ski helmets when you arrive in a resort. So I would, um, you know, definitely think about balaclavas or um, fleece beanie hats for the kids. So those are really good tips. Anything else before I start packing for my own ski trip coming up soon? Yeah, for sure. Um, I We definitely recommend that you talk to your children about what they're going to be wearing once you get there. That first day of the holiday when everybody's rushing out to get to ski school on time, dressing yourself and your family, it's hard work and can be time consuming. So tell your kids what they'll be wearing, show them how everything works, how it zips together, how the Velcro works and make a clothes train with their first layer nearest to them and their outer layer furthest away from them and practice having them dress themselves as much as possible. I love that tip, to make a little close trail and as you said to make it easy for yourself and for them to also help out a little bit. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely and then everybody can hit, hit those slopes and have lots of fun. Brilliant, thank you so much Joe, for joining us. You're welcome. Stuck in England on a rainy So with me on the phone, I got Alistair McLean, who's the MD of Activities Abroad. It's a company which offers a wide range of snow holidays for all ages. And Alistair, I wanted to ask you, there seems to be a trend where families look for different types of snow holidays and unusual destinations. So what trends have you recently spotted and what are your customers asking for? First and foremost, with snow holidays, is the issue of guaranteed snow. And that's obviously been something that people are looking at in the Alps and the Pyrenees lately. I think the second thing that I would highlight would be that people are looking for new and exciting destinations. Finland, Sweden, Norway, Iceland are all experiencing boom time, basically. And also northern Scandinavia has this reputation or you know, for being safe. Our trips are based around the Arctic Circle and... Um, the snow falls pretty much from is is on the ground from pretty much late November till late April, even early May. But yeah, I mean, if there's no snow up in Finland or northern Finland or Sweden uh, from December to April, then I think our planet's probably in a lot of trouble. Basically. That's true. That is true. The other nice thing also about um, going up north is that I'm Swedish myself, so I know what it's like. If you're from Britain, your the holidays often don't match the Scandinavian ones, so you often yeah, yeah. slopes to your and you, you sometimes even get the off-peaks uh, prices in, in April when, when they've stopped. The snow is still there and the slopes are just beautiful. Oh, that's right. Um, I'd take my kids. Uh, I've taken my family to a little place in northern Finland called Luofto for the last five or six years. It's, it's got just 
it's just a tiny place. I think the permanent resident, permanent population is something like 72 people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they've got just seven slopes. They have seven slopes there. My kids have basically learned how to ski there and cross-country ski for that matter. And then about 30 miles away, there's another resort called Puha, which is larger and has a lot you know, more challenging skiing. Um, but the thing about those slopes is there is virtually nobody on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to queue to get onto the lifts, um, and you're just straight up there, and you're skiing, you're skiing. But, you know, the elevation isn't particularly high. That's not something that happens in the northern, northern Scandinavia. But they have great snow, and as you say, they have very, very uncrowded pieces, which I think people appreciate, especially if you're beginning or intermediate. Um, you know, you don't want to be dodging around a whole bunch of sort of black ski runners at 90 miles an hour um, when you're just learning the ropes. And there is nothing better than seeing a flock of, of uh, reindeer when you ski. That's also just magical. If you want to combine a few days on a slope with a few experiences or, or activities, um, yeah. do you have anything that you could recommend um, winter? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think the third thing I was going to say about the trends originally was that a lot of families are looking to combine their sort of love or passion for skiing and for snow with also sort of bucket list items, whether it's dog sledding or the north chasing the northern lights, that sort of thing. Um, and there are one of the reasons for traveling north of the Arctic Circle is that you can do those things and combine it with skiing. I always go, um, I think I said before, to this little village called Luwas. Uh, with my kids and it's great there because you've got a small ski resort a larger one 30 miles away um, but in the evening you can just wander behind the hotel down to this little lake which is about a mile and a half to walk around and it's called the Northern Lights Trail and the light pollution there is pretty minimal mm. and uh, I was there when was the last there? I was there a year ago actually with my family and we stood on this lake and we just watched the Northern Light Wow Well he, he, said, he said to me afterwards he said I'm going to struggle to beat this birthday <laughs> Um, it was just it, it was just perfect so you can spend a day on the slopes of Luasto and then in the evening you might be standing on a frozen lake looking up at the sky with the northern lights blazing as if it's the gods themselves I mean when I stand there I can I always kind of imagine what our forefathers must have thought of this ethereal light as it races across the sky and um, you can understand why they thought they were gods or the spirits of the departed we've been going there since my kids were Oh, six and three. They're now 14 and 11. Um, and every year there's always something they can do and they can always push themselves a little bit further. So they've learned to ski there. They've learned to cross country ski there. We've been snowmobiling, dog sledding, snowshoeing, ice fishing. Uh, we've seen the Northern Lights on countless occasions. They're very lucky children. Um, in fact, even my son, my 10 year old son at the time, he he took a sauna at 75 degrees centigrade, then went rolled in the snow at minus 12 degrees centigrade. <laughs> uh, magical. It always makes me think here when, when I'm in a sauna, in a, a British sauna, and it says no children under the age of 16. And I think, oh my goodness, it's the most magic feeling. You know, the whole family to sit together and enjoy yeah. it together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, he, he looked pretty pink after that experience. I think I saw on your website that you also deal with the Ice Hotel in Sweden. I mean, this is the original Ice Hotel in Yucatjavi. There's um, all sorts of snow and ice hotels dotted around northern Scandinavia um, these days, whether it's in Norway or Sweden or Finland. But the one in Yucatjavi is the original. And I think the thing that I always find remarkable about it is they gather every year all these greats of the ice carving and ice architecture world um, gather in Yucatjavi and they take this water from the Tornay, the frozen Tornay River, um, and they construct these 
bedrooms and sculptures and there's always a wedding chapel and mm-hmm. a restaurant um, and even a, even an ice bar where the glasses are made out of ice. But then at the end of the season, it all just melts away again into the Torre River and the next year they have to start again. So it's, all back it's, to nature. it's unique. Every, it goes back to nature and every year it's unique. I was also lucky enough to visit the ice hotel. It stays with you forever, that, that experience. What is it like bringing children? Because I know it's, it's a price experience. You know, it's, it's something yep. you save up on and it's, it's a real treat. But yep. can you bring children to, to stay over and are there options? Yeah, there are. As a rule, we tend to recommend that younger kids don't stay in the ice hotel. But generally, you'll find the ice hotel at Yugoslavi or the winter village in Torresiepi in Finland or the all, all manner of, sort of ice or snow hotel. Um, the temperature tends to hover around minus five degrees centigrade inside. And I know that sounds chilly, but with no wind chill and an expedition grade sleeping bag, which is provided, generally you can actually get a pretty comfortable night's sleep. You might get your nose and cheeks might get a bit sort of cold because they'll be the only things poking out of the sleeping bag. Um, but it's very doable. There are options. You can go for tours of these places or a lot of them also have warm accommodation as well. You can stay in what are essentially hotel bedrooms or even cabins at Yukasyavi. So there's always that option. And I think for families with smaller children, that's probably the best experience. So thank you so much, Alistair, for talking us through all these different winter experiences. And, and for anyone who doesn't want to just stay on the slopes, it sounds like there is a lot of options. And on your website, Activities Abroad, yep. uh, you can find a lot more information. You can indeed. Thank you so much, Alistair. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye. Stuck in England on a rainy This was all for today. I hope you picked up a few good tips along the way, got inspired and ready to put your skis on. In our next episode, we will take you to Oman, the Middle Eastern golden glorious gem. We'll be sharing all our favourite tips and spots and guide you around Muscat as well as some other tips. Make sure you subscribe and you'll hear from us in two weeks' time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.